Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. You can uh, check out all my coverage of all things Cowboys and Cowgirls at trib.com. Follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Uh, pleased to welcome in Robert Gagliardi to the pod. Gags, congratulations. Uh, I understand you have some news to share. Uh, you and April are now married. Yes, uh, we are. We got married uh, last Friday, a very small, short uh, ceremony type thing. It was exactly what we wanted, exactly what we planned for. And uh, it was just wonderful, man. And, and you know, we couldn't be happier. And uh, yeah, it's 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 wonderful. That's still kind of still kind of on cloud nine over this. No, no well, doubt. I appreciate April letting you spend your honeymoon on the, the podcast with me. I'll be sure to pass that on. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, Robert, I guess let's start out talking uh, Wyoming men's basketball. You know, we've been over this time and time again. It seems like, you know, whenever I, I've just never seen anything like this, this streak of bad luck, bad things happening on the court, off the court. Uh, Jeff Linder missed Tuesday's loss to Utah State because his father is ailing. He's needs to be with his father right now. Uh, you can certainly understand that, and our thoughts are certainly with Jeff right now. It's it's just been a brutal year, and uh, you know, family first. Uh, hopefully, Jeff gets back soon, and 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 things can turn around here at the end. But it's just been a bleak team to cover with everything that's gone on. Obviously, starting with Graham Ek not being able to play this year. Noah Reynolds out, their leading scorer for the stretch run. You know, the three Pac-12 transfers. Moving on, on and on it goes. Uh, they even had their uh, recruit from Los Angeles uh, from the 23 class decommit. I don't know if that's related at all to the Pac-12 guys. Uh, Mark Rogers obviously coached or uh, helped recruit all four of those guys, being an L.A. guy, and, and Mark was even out for the Utah state game with arm surgery now from a spill he took at practice. So uh, the list goes on, Robert, uh, do you want this thing to end or is there, is there hope that this team, the way they're playing so hard, the eight guys remaining that, that maybe they can have some fun in Las Vegas. Well, you know, look, I'm, I love to watch this, you know, I love basketball. I love college basketball. And I will say, and I know a lot of fans of I've seen this, you know, you know, on social media and stuff, you know, you know, just take last night's game with Utah State, Ryan. I mean, it was, you know, hard fought when I turned it on. Wyoming's down 11 in the first half. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, here we go. You know, and they go on a run at the end of halftime. It's tied at half. You know, Wyoming takes a lead. And then, you know, then they just can't buy a basket. But, you know, I, you know, but you can see how hard they're playing. And you see a want to out there, you know, yeah, I'm sure the season is, I can only imagine what this season has been like for the players and, and the coaches and everything, let alone the, let alone the fans. But I really do like the, the want to and the try. And I think that says a lot about those players. I think it says a lot about the coaching staff that, that works with these guys, you know, and you never know, right? I mean, that's why you kind of play these games where you never know what could happen come Mountain West tournament time or even, Really, with with this Wyoming team, you never know what's going to happen game to game, for that matter. But um, you just, you know, you just really hope that you just some good things happen for these guys because of everything that's gone on that you just listed throughout this season. These, 
this 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 program deserves to have some good things happen and the only way to have to do that is just to keep keep plugging away for a lack of a better term you know i think you would i guess you could certainly understand it if you know you kind of saw why i mean kind of quote unquote pack it in as the as the season comes to a close or as we get closer to wrapping up the season but certainly hope we don't see that because again this is an opportunity for these guys. Yeah, it's not under the most ideal circumstances by any stretch, but it's still opportunities for these guys. And I think you're seeing some glimpses of of some positives coming from this. I mean, you're seeing, you know, we all know what Hunter Maldonado's made of, you know, and you're seeing that, you know, through the good and the bad time. We've seen that with this kid since he's been on this on on the Wyoming campus, but the the young guys, you know, Xavier Ducell has a chance to really kind of solidify himself as a kind of like a cornerstone part of this program. Same with Jeremiah Oden. The the young, the young big guy now is getting some valuable time and he's showing some flashes of, ooh, look at this, you know. Yeah, he's still young, he's still learning. So there certainly can be some positives. You know, I, I just like to see these guys continue just to play hard. Put it all out there every time they go, they they step out on the floor and, and take their chances. And, you know, obviously, Ryan, it's without to be, you know, it's a given their margin of error is razor thin. I mean, that's a pretty good, that's a good game last night, but you can't go, what was it? They missed 11 straight shots and went like eight minutes without a without a basket. Look, even if you're at full strength, you have droughts like that, that can cost you games. But obviously, you know, where, where this Wyoming team is, is right now, you, you can't have that. That's not going – you just can't. I don't care if you're playing, you know, Laramie High School, you're not going to win games with those types of droughts. But, look, you see the try, you see the want to, and that's, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're given that every night, then, you know, Wyoming's going to give itself a chance. You know, well, you know, fatigue, attrition, you know, injuries, whatever, th- those things you sometimes well, – at least the injuries you can't control, but – we see that the rest of the way. You never know. I don't, you know, maybe they'll make a little run. Maybe they won't win another game. I don't, I don't know. But if we see that, I'd like to see that because, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be back, you know, for guys like Hunter Thompson, Hunter Maldonado and that. This is their last, their last opportunities to play college basketball. You know, maybe there's, there's pro futures for these guys somewhere in the future. And that would be great too. But this is, you know, Time as, a, as an athlete, not that I was a college athlete or anything, it goes by fast, you know, even though it seems like Hunter Maldonado's been in the program for 10 years and same with, with Hunter Thompson. But these opportunities don't last and, and, and it goes by fast. I just hope they make the most of these opportunities and wherever that takes them, so be it. Yeah, it's uh, pretty remarkable watching Hunter Maldonado play so hard. He played 40 minutes against Utah State. You know, he's been playing 40 minutes pretty much every game since the attrition occurred a couple weeks ago. You know, the fact that he's selling out, you know, giving up his body for this, you know, last place team is really impressive. And and I think diehard fans and, you know, the crowd was under 4,000 last night, but they were fully engaged and appreciative of the effort. And that starts with Hunter Maldonado. If he's going to sell out for this team, I think the diehard fans are going to be there through the end. And, you know, those two hunters are down to one last home game uh, next week against Nevada. So, uh, you know, the time did go fast, I'm sure, for them, even though they've been through so much, uh, you know, a couple 24 loss seasons under uh, the previous regime. They're headed for 20 plus losses this year. And of course, 
the COVID year and then the great uh, NCAA tournament year last year. So uh, a, a very uh, up and down, a lot down, some up for those guys over six years. I think to your point, yeah, Xavier Ducell and Jeremiah Oden are probably benefiting the most from this rough patch because uh, they're both emerging as you know prominent players, obviously on the team and in the Mountain West, but kind of lead the next generation of leaders of the team. Uh, you don't know what the future holds for Graham E.K. and even Noah Reynolds, you know, whether that's moving on somewhere else or just health wise, will they be back? You know, can you count on those guys if they do come back to stay healthy? So uh, Ducell really remarkable, obviously had that uh, barrage of threes to start the second half at New Mexico. And then last night kept Wyoming in the game with his threes and, and his defense on Stephen Ashworth, uh, who's a really crafty player. He he's, reminds me more of a BYU player. Speaking of guys that have been around a while, he seems like he's been at Utah State since, uh, you know, the old whack days. But, uh, you know, Ducell really played well enough to win. You know, uh, Jeremiah Oden had his career high, 19 points against Air Force. He continues to to accept the challenge Linder gave him of, of rebounding if he wants to be out there. And, you know, those are two pieces that they can certainly build on. You know, as I mentioned, with the attrition, all of a sudden they have currently five scholarships to offer. And then if there's any more, you know, whether EK comes back or not or Noah comes back or not, there's possibly even more scholarships out there. I mean, this is going to be an interesting it might be kind of like when Jeff took over in March of 2020 and had to recruit, you know, a great recruiting class to get things going. He might have to do that again um, with some late signees. I know Noah was a late signee uh, after the Marcus Williams kid left, and that turned out to be great. But he's going to have to find some hidden gems this spring and and go to the portal. And you wonder how Linder feels about the portal and how portal guys feel about Wyoming after what happened with, uh, you know, Ethan Anderson and Max Ogbunk Polo and Jake Kyman. That'll be interesting. I would expect some portal, but mostly probably looking for those hidden gems. I, I would expect so too. I think they got to look at, at the portal and, and see what's out there. That's, you know, yeah, this, this latest, you know, experiment with it, with the, the, the pack 12 guys didn't work out, but you know, I think, if you're Jeff Linder and that staff, you got to continue to at least explore that well, you know, and just and, and find and just you know it's not just finding the talent and the and the skill set and that, but obviously finding the fit, uh, and and fit within the program, fit within the philosophy, all those types of things. You know, I don't think, you know, if I'm Jeff Linder and that staff, I'm Coleman. I'm looking at the junior college ranks. I'm looking obviously at the high schools you know, prep schools type thing. I think I'm looking, I'm looking anywhere and everywhere. I don't, I, I think it's, it's dangerous no matter what sport you're at at Wyoming, at least you're exploring every avenue. You know, I think, you know, no rock unturned, so to speak. I think they got to look at all that. I think, you know, they probably need a mix of maybe some guys with a little more experience, whether that's through the portal or maybe a junior college or something like that. And then obviously some other younger guys to build off of. And yeah, you know, with EK and, you know Reynolds kind of still being somewhat of a wild card, at least health wise. You know, then maybe that alters things. I, but I think you're going to have to have a mix. I don't. I, I would be really surprised if you saw Jeff Linder and staff go all all portal or all high school. You know what I mean? I think you're going to have to have a mix of some things in there. But uh, you know, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of holes. But that's also a lot of 
a lot of flexibility. You know, all avenues are open for this program at this point. And, and, and maybe that's daunting to some, but that's also that leaves you a lot of flexibility, Ryan. So that's maybe a good thing in, in, in a way. Yeah. And that first recruiting class, which was done over Zoom, you know, right after he took the job, there's a pandemic. It included Xavier Ducell, Jeremiah Oden, Graham E.K., Marcus Williams. I mean, he found a lot of talent late in the cycle at Wyoming and under the worst of circumstances. So, you know, Ken DeWeese, I thought did a great job last night. He's a really top-notch assistant. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic with Mark Rogers now. He got that promotion uh, based on, you know, recruiting Southern California. And now that well seems to be dry for Wyoming. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I trust Linder to, to find the talent with along with Deweese. It'll be interesting to see uh, what Mark Rogers' role is in all this going forward. Well, and I think too, you know, look, it's it's just really unfortunate with the with the with the Pac-12 transfers, and it's still I'm still honestly, Ryan, I'm still kind of trying to grasp my mind around the whole dynamic of that. You know, not that you know, I'm not certainly sitting. Well, who's to blame? It's 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 not about that, but just how how odd this was, you know, whether, you know, is it, oh, these guys came in and thought they'd be stars and they didn't have to listen or just, just overall fit, maybe just, you know, things were just different. When, I, I don't know. It's still kind of hard for me to kind of grasp the whole, that whole thing, to be honest with you. But you mentioned, you know, all right. So, you know, if Mark Rogers was kind of the, the key of getting those guys or, you know, Southern California guys, well, you know what? Southern California is a big area. So I would I would hope that if 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 you're Wyoming and you're Jeff Linder and this staff, if you have ties in Southern Southern California, for instance, and in this case, there's a lot of players there. You know, I hope that, well, this experiment, this didn't go well with these guys. We're getting out of there. That's their choice. If they want to do that and they feel that way, that's that's fine. I I wouldn't I'm not trying to second guess, but that's a big area. You know, I'm not, you know. I think you got to be, sometimes you got to be a little careful with, well, it didn't work out for these guys from this particular area. Is, is it the area or the, the individual players? You know what I mean? So I would hope they don't, and I'm sure they're smart enough to realize that, yeah, all right, maybe it didn't work with these particular guys, but Southern California is a pretty rich recruiting area for just about any sport, let alone whether it's basketball, football, whatever. I would hope they would keep those ties. And I think, I would think these coaches are smart enough. They're not just going to start cutting ties with, with with coaches and things down there you know it's just it's unfortunate that this worked out the way it did but i would hope that they don't quote unquote burn bridges so to speak just because this didn't work out does, does that make sense yeah absolutely there's uh, a lot of fish in that sea uh you know and i've heard a lot of stories about what went on with the, the three transfers and why it didn't work out why they left and it's not just that Jeff Linder was too hard on them or they didn't get along with Jeff Linder. I mean, I'm not going to share the specific story, but let me just say I've heard that existing players helped push them out the door because they didn't feel those guys were bought in or were working at the level necessary to be successful. So it wasn't just a Jeff Linder decision. This is a kind of a team thing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you've heard the quotes from players and Linder and, and everybody that, you know, now everyone that's here is, you know, playing for the name on the front, bought in, the chemistry, all that stuff. So I just think it was not a good fit. And, uh, you know, if they go back into L.A., they're going to have to find guys 
um, that fit the culture that are, you know, maybe overlooked like a Noah Reynolds or a Xavier Ducell and, and develop into uh, good Mountain West players. I think that's more of the fit than guys that were highly, highly recruited coming out of high school that are quote unquote coming down a level and maybe think they're going to dominate the Mountain West, you know, after playing in elite eights and final fours, you still have to put, put the work in. I mean, I think the Mountain West is showing uh, especially at the top that it can compete with the PAC 12 and then some um, for NCAA bids at least. So um, one good thing about uh, the season is the next game is the border war and it really doesn't matter what's going on last year, obviously Colorado state and Wyoming were both, you know, competing for NCAA tournament bids and, and the games were electrifying uh, the first meeting this year, Wyoming held on for the one point win, probably the highlight of the year so far, even though CSU is in 10th and Wyoming's in 11th uh, Friday night in Fort Collins, the rematch. Uh, that's the great thing about rivalries is that'll be a fun game, regardless of what's going on uh, in, in terms of the, disappointment at both programs oh absolutely you know and i know you know that was a huge win for wyoming you know got out to a big lead and then kind of you know held on for dear life but you know you're, you're going to moby you know they've even though colorado states had you know a lot of struggles this year they've they played well at home uh they pushed the mountain west best at home um they didn't push san diego state last night in, at vas arena you know, but they've proven that they can beat just about anyone at home when they're, you know, when they're comfortable. And I'm sure Wyoming will have, you know, fans down there um, like they always do. Um, yeah, you know, the records, you know, it's it's very cliche. You can throw the records out. But this is still going to be a very entertaining basketball. At least you hope it's going to be an entertaining basketball. You hope that maybe CSU takes out some frustration. You hope if you're a Wyoming fan, at least you hope that, that the Rams don't take out frustrations of their season on the Cowboys and run away with this. Um, but I think it could be a lot of fun. And, you know, people joke about Moby, but when Moby's full or even close to full, that's one of the better atmospheres in this league, I think, as far as a, as a basketball venue. So it should be a lot of fun, you know, and again, you know, you're playing for pride, but if anything, these teams just want to win. I, I, I would venture to guess that whether you're Colorado State or Wyoming, they don't care if they beat, you know, a JV team from somewhere. They just want to win a game, you know. So, and that's, yeah, there's not conference championship aspirations in this game or NCAA tournament seating at stake or any of that. But pride is an awful powerful thing, Ryan, and I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna see both teams best Friday night. Now, what how that turns out. Uh, I don't know, but if we see that, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I think if you're Colorado State, it would be, you know, a sweet, I guess, ending to the season to make sure that your arch rival finishes last in the Mountain West when they have these great expectations. And if you're Wyoming and you win, you can say, yeah, we were last or near the bottom, but guess what? We swept you. So uh, there's right. still those bragging rights, uh, you know. And it'll be it'll be fun to cover, and obviously it's going to be Maldo and Hunter Thompson's last crack uh, at the Rams, unless both teams make uh, miracle runs in Las Vegas. So uh, looking forward to that, and also uh, Senior Night on Monday uh, for those two. Uh, moving on to kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, I think in a lot of ways the Cowgirls are in a, a different universe and a opposite universe of the Cowboys. 
you know, they're flirting with 20 wins already while the men are at 20 losses. Wyoming loses, you know, Linder last night uh, to the family situation while Heather Hazel is going to be returning Thursday night from her uh, family situation where she was on leave. Uh, she gave birth to uh, her daughter uh, prematurely and they were, you know, in the hospital there for, you know, the better part of two months. And now they're back home in Laramie. And, uh, you know, that's going to give the Cowgirls a boost. I talked to uh, Tommy Olson and, and Quinn Weideman, uh the other day for, you know, their I'm doing a story on them for their senior day. And they said when Azell walked in unannounced, it really did give the team a boost. And this is a team that's already flying high after one of the more remarkable halves of basketball you will see. Uh, the Cowgirls were down 15 early third at San Diego State, you know, fighting for that number two seed. Did not look good. Looked like the Cowgirls were headed for the four seed. And they shoot 79.2% from the field. Uh, four for five from three, eight for eight from the free throw line and put 50 points on the Aztecs to pull out the win. Uh, an Aztecs team, by the way, that was only giving up 56.5 points per game going into that. Just one of the better wins you'll see, and it gives the Cowgirls a great chance uh, to be on the opposite side of the bracket from UNLV in Las Vegas. Uh, this has the makings of a special team. I, I agree, Ryan. You know, it's so nice. And, you know, first, it's nice to see Heather Zell back. I'm glad things are, you know, calm down as far as family, not calm down when you have a, a little baby. Nothing's calm, I'm sure. But, you know, I'm glad they're able to be back home in Laramie. Um, that's just that's just wonderful news. And it's in it's in itself. She's back. And also, you know, read your stuff, Ryan, you know, look, Ryan Larson and, and really, you know, Fallon Lewis, the entire coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for, you know, holding things down, so to speak, while while Heather was, you know, on, on her maternity leave because they they did a great job. And granted, the players executed everything, so I don't want to take anything away from them. But that was that's pretty, pretty, pretty special right there. They didn't seem to lose a beat. I know there were some losses in there, but you know, this team played very, very well in under some, you know, not so, you know, good circumstances at times. So, you know, and I, and I thought it was really nice that, that, that Heather acknowledged that when she talked to, to you guys earlier this week and she made a point to say, you know, I don't want anything else to change. This is, this thing's going pretty good. I'm not here to screw things up, so to speak, you know, so, but I'm sure that gives this team a boost and it's, it, it's just a lot of fun to see Ryan, you know, you're right. You know, the key now is, that two or three seed, obviously, you know, you take the two seed, but the three seed's not that bad either to be on that opposite side of UNLV in the Mountain West tournament. You know, you certainly don't want to take anything for granted once you get to that tournament, but, you know, that sets them up well, but they can't rest on those laurels. They got to continue to win because it's a log jam that, what is it, both Colorado State, San Diego State, and Wyoming are all tied in that second spot right now in, in the, with the conference record. And I'm not going to even try the tiebreakers, but there's still basketball to be played and, and important games to win. But, it's it's just a great story in that that win against San Diego State. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. Didn't San Diego State come to Laramie and beat the Cowgirls earlier this season? So to go on the road and do that, um, that's just outstanding. So hopefully they can just keep this going. Maybe you know with Heather Zell back, that's a another spark for this team. You know, you wouldn't think there would be much of a transition now that she's back because, like she said, she wants to keep things the same. What Coach Larson, Coach Lewis, and the, and the other staff members have got established so you know maybe this is just another 
kickstart that this team needs to, like you said, have a have a very special season. Yeah, and Heather, you know, said this is a debt she cannot repay the job that Ryan and the staff did. And, you know, Ryan Larson, I think, proved that he's he he's capable of being a head coach in the Mountain West or somewhere. And uh, you'd hate to lose him, but he's certainly earned that right. I think the Cowgirls were 12 and 6 while Heather was gone, including seven road wins, um, some massive comebacks. They were down 18 at Utah State, as I mentioned, 15 at San Diego State. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're in position to, to do something special here. Now, they play Nevada on Thursday night at home, and, you know, you can't take anything for granted. They only won by six in Reno, but, you know, that's a team near the bottom of the standings where you, you need to take care of that one. And then uh, the home finale on Saturday against Colorado State, which will be the final official home game for – uh, Tommy Olson and Quinn Weideman, two super seniors who've, you know, won a Mountain West tournament. They've been to the NCAA tournament. They've made deep WNIT runs. Their names are all over the record books. Um, you know, I, I expect that to be a, a nice crowd for them. You know, I know they went through senior night last year <laughs> against Colorado State, ironically. Uh, but Quinn said deep down she knew they were both coming back and the emotions were more for Alba Sanchez Ramos, who was going back to Spain and uh, their decision to come back has paid off. I mean, it's been, it's been a great run for them and and they've just solidified, you know, their legacy and they've really helped lead the next generation. When you look at Allison Fertig is going to be the leader of the team going forward. Emily Melema and Tess Barnes are ready to jump into that starting lineup next year. So uh you know, there's been a lot of great players in this program over the years, and these are, are two that, you know, are near the top of that list. Yeah, you know, they're best friends, Ryan. You know, they've they've seen a lot and been through a lot, and just how cool is it? And obviously not just, you know, their final home game against CSU, you know, but, you know, yeah, another senior night. But, I mean, that's 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 seeding in the Mountain West tournament. That's That could be the difference between a two and a four seed, possibly. You know, not knowing the tiebreakers off the top of my head and even – even if I did, I'd probably get them so confused that I'd probably screw them up. But just a huge game. And, you know, if, if Wyoming winter weather cooperates, I wouldn't be surprised if they get three, 4,000 people. Maybe, heck, maybe even more. Because, you know, we've seen over the years, going back to when the Cowgirls won the WNIT win in, in 07, you know, they'll get behind this team. And they always have. They've always been. They've always drawn well, you know, going back to Cindy Fisher's days when she started winning some games get behind this team. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is a very, very good crowd for that uh, Colorado state game next, you know, for their final one. And maybe, you know, you know, but you're right. You can't take things for granted against Nevada, you know, you hopefully take care of that and then see where it goes. But th this is a fun team to watch. And, you know, you're seeing the, the, the hardened veterans like, you know, Weidman and, and Olson, and then the young, some of the young kids coming up. It's just, it's a lot of fun. You almost just kind of wish you could get, you know, some of that, Good fortune and granted, Cowgirls have made their made their fortune. It's not like they've gotten lucky. They've they've earned everything they've gotten so far. And, and I certainly don't want to discredit that, but you almost wish some of that good karma, so to speak, could rub off on the men a little bit because they certainly deserve some good karma moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Quinn uh, missed the first two games of her career uh, with a concussion, but they've been very healthy for the most part. And the Cowboys obviously have not. 
Um, just looking ahead, you know, if they beat Nevada and Colorado State, uh, they will, I assume, be the two. I only say that because San Diego State is at UNLV this weekend. I guess, you know, they could pull that off. And and, and if they're tied with Wyoming, they will uh, win the tiebreaker there because they will have beaten UNLV and Wyoming will have not beaten UNLV. So, uh, you know, the Colorado State, plays at Wyoming and then they have Boise state. So they have a tough road too. I think Wyoming by having Nevada in there really helps them. And obviously having Colorado state at home really helps them. You know, Quinn said emotionally she'll be a wreck before the game, but they know. And once that starts, the stakes are are very high. And, you know, I mentioned to him that Wyoming is such an interesting program for women's basketball because based on the history and, and kind of how the fans have been trained over the years, you know, dating back to that amazing you know, running the WNIT, you almost get the sense that this fan base prefers the WNIT and to make those runs, knowing that the games will be in Laramie because they draw. But Quinn and Tommy said, make no mistake about it. This team's goal and their goal is to win the Mountain West tournament and play in the NCAA tournament. That's what they want to do. They've been there, done that with the WNIT. And in fact, their goal is to win an NCAA tournament game. So the the standards inside the program seem to be a little bit higher than outside the program. Now, of course, if, you know, they lose to UNLV or whoever in Vegas, they're going to, you know, take the bows and take the curtain calls and and try to win another WNIT championship. Mm-hmm. But the goal inside the program and what Heather's trying to establish is getting to the big dance and, and, and you know, having the WNIT just as a, as kind of a, plan B if things don't go according to plan with plan A. Yeah. And that's, and that's wonderful to hear. And I'm sure that's the way it's been. Even, you know, when Joe Gursky was there, when they, you know, uh, look, I, and I get it, Ryan. I, and I even have family that, that are fans of the cowgirls that have even said to me, it's like, you know, it's almost like they prefer to have them in the WNIT because they can come down and watch them play. And cause they like watching them play and look, and I'm not trying to talk bad about fans, but it's like, no, the goal is the NCAA tournament, and I'm, it's it's nice to hear. Not that I'm surprised to hear, and I'm sure this 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 isn't surprising, but that should be the goal is to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, take another step, try to win a game. That's great. Yeah, if the WNIT presents itself, you know, and you know, then make the most of it if you can. But that's good to hear. And look again, and I'm not trying to, I'm not bashing fans here. I understand they like watching their cowgirl basketball. That's awesome. I love that. But the goal should be the NCAA tournament, you know, and I'm glad that within the program, that's where it's at. And I'm sure it's been that way for a long time, but it's just nice to hear that it's that it's reinforced to that, you know, and it's not that, oh, let's just play in the WNIT and have some fun at home. If that presents itself, take advantage of the opportunity the best of your ability. But I'm glad to hear the goal is the NCAA because that should be the goal for this program moving forward. Not this year, really in the coming years is let's get to the NCAA tournament and then see what we can do from there. Yeah, and uh, you know, I would say one of the sports that's growing in popularity year over year dramatically is women's basketball. You know, I saw that firsthand covering Oregon. You know, Sabrina Ionescu and Ruthie Heber and all those guys took a program that was drawing fifty people into selling out and going to the Final Four. So it can change in a major trage- trajectory if you get the right players and coach. And and I'm not saying Wyoming can be at that level that Oregon ascended to, but they can represent the mountain west in the in the NCAA tournament you know more often than they have historically which is two times so uh you know i think fans need to to strive for that as well and 
you know, uh, fans, you know, I know that the average age of the women's fan is probably older than the men's fan. I'm just judging based on, you know, the clicks I'm getting and just looking around the crowds. So I would also encourage, you know, Wyoming fans to adjust and start reading our coverage of the cowgirls online, because that's where the coverage is these days. And, you know, you should be reading about it like, like men's fans do. If you want more. Yeah, and, in, and I've noticed too, Ryan, and I don't know how much it's changed, but obviously there is overlap. I mean, there's, there's probably a good number of fans that are Wyoming basketball fans, men's and women's basketball fans. But I know the times I've covered them, you know, it almost seems like it's, you know, it's not like fans have to, they have to choose, but it's like the cowgirls have their, their fan base, so to speak. And then the men have their fan base. And it would be kind of nice to see that more kind of come together, I guess. And maybe it has, you know, not having been around it for a little while now, I don't know if that's changed much. That was just some observations i had when I was, when I covered that, when I had the opportunity to cover the cowgirls, but, uh, um, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, it'd be nice to see the fans continue to rally around the cowgirls and even maybe even take that a step further if that's possible. And maybe what could also help. And I, you know, look for a long time, Ryan, the Mountain West has just been a one bid league in, in the NCAA tournament. And it probably will be this year. And UNLV's doing a good job. They, they're in the top 25. That's certainly helping. But I do get a sense that it's getting better you know, from, from top to bottom. Now that doesn't mean it's a, probably a multiple bid leak this year, and maybe it's going to be a, a few more years, but if they, if I think one other thing that can help just with the women's basketball in general is the mountain West getting better, you know? Yeah. If you have a team or two, or even a few that are kind of your bell cow, so to speak, you know, but then, you know, kind of like we're seeing in the men's this year, you know, yeah, I know Wyoming and CSU have really struggled, but look at like Air Force and San Jose, for instance. They're, I mean, they're not world beaters, but they're not bad. You know, the bottom's better there. And if we continue to see that trend maybe on the women's side, that maybe, you know, that'll help the Mountain West and that just the brand of basketball in the Mountain West can get better. And that can only help all the programs involved, recruiting, postseason opportunities, you know, fan interest, those types of things. And hopefully we can continue. It just seems to me that, the women's side this year is a little stronger, not strong enough for multiple bid league, but it's making progress. And hopefully that's progress it can continue to make. Yeah. I think they took a big step forward this year. You look at the standings, there's six good teams competing for those top four and five spots. And then, you know, you've got air force at, at about seven, that is really feisty. So they do need to get the bottom in better shape and, uh, more teams than New Mexico and Wyoming, like drawing fans is another thing. Then Colorado State's getting there. Uh, you know, obviously mm-hmm. they have some star power there and Ryan Williams has a good program. So yeah, it's getting better. So, you know, go to trip.com and check out all the cowgirl stuff I've been writing, um, including this coming Saturday on uh, Tommy and Quinn. Uh, Robert, before I get you out of here, I mean, there's a lot going on uh I guess, rumor-wise, in terms of realignment that could impact the Mountain West in a big way, the Pac-12 is trying to get a media rights deal in. The Big 12 kind of jumped the line on them with media rights and then also with expansion. And the Pac-12 seems to be at a crossroads right now with USC and USC headed to the Big 10 and speculation about, you know, them maybe adding SMU and San Diego State and maybe not getting a media deal that's in line with even the big 12 and what, what is Oregon and Washington's reaction to that going to be if they're presented $25 million a year where they, the big 10 is making $75 million a year. 
can they talk their way into the Big Ten? And will that lead to the Pac-12 breaking apart and the four corner schools going to the Big 12 and maybe the Mountain West benefiting from all this? Or is the Mountain West going to lose San Diego State and maybe others and uh, have to recalibrate? Well, it kind of sounds like from everything I've been seeing, Ryan, that, you know, it looks like San Diego State, it's just a matter of time. Did you, you know, there was a tweet out there where the AD was at the Mountain West, it was either at the Mountain West Swimming Championships where San Diego State won or at a gathering after that event where it basically said, you know, they're pretty much, they're they're going to be going to the Pac-12. It's just a matter of time. Okay. You know, we've heard Boise State's name be brought about, but you, you mentioned the media rights thing. And, it, you know, I'm seeing is like, well, maybe Apple TV is going to be, you know, make a bid. It's like, well, that's a streaming thing. And again, I know streaming is a lot bigger and I'm not a media rights expert. So let's, we'll get that out there right now. But uh, that's not going to, you know, yeah, it's maybe more than what the Mountain West TV deal is right now or or, or whatever. But I don't know if that's, you know, and you're right, Ryan, if, if, if Oregon and Washington decide to, or, you know, or Stanford or something, you know, decide to, you know, go elsewhere or have that opportunity, where does that leave you? You know, it's, it's my thinking, Ryan, if San Diego State wants to go and, and, and roll the dice on that, fine. You know, I think it's a huge risk. I don't think it's really necessarily going to work out for them that well. I think, you know, yeah, San Diego State's in Southern California, blah, blah, blah. I just, I just think it's going to, they're going to have a long road ahead of them if they, if they make that jump. And I would say the same for Boise. I'm not saying it's impossible that they'd be colossal failures. I just think it's a, it's a big risk. Um, but we'll see if, if they want to do that, you know, um, the Mountain West has been awful good to both Boise State and San Diego State. Yeah, the the, the TV money and stuff. Yeah, it's, you can't even compare it because it's 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 almost ridiculous to even see the figures out there. And if an Apple TV meteorites deal brings them more money, then yeah, it's it's a money grab. All this is all these TV rights and meteorites stuff are money grabs. And you know, I, I could see that, but in the long run, the way things are shaking out or could shake out, and and as you know, Ryan, with with realignment and all this stuff, we don't know what's going to happen. I I think it's a huge risk, and if they want to do it, great, but I I think it's almost too big of a risk, but, you know, that's for me sitting in my home office in Cheyenne, Wyoming, not from the San Diego State's athletic director's office and having the conversation he or she has has been having with these people. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Tom Berman about all this several times since I've been back, and, you know, San Diego State is, or Wyoming. If the Pac-12 says Wyoming, we got an Apple TV deal. You're coming in. And we're going to give you half a share, so you'll get 15 million, and the rest of us are getting 30 million. Wyoming's going to the Pac-12. Okay, yes. and so San Diego State is going if they get the offer. But to your point, uh, you know, and Tom mentioned, you know, does San Diego State have a better chance of making the playoff in the Mountain West with this new format that's coming? Of course. They win the Mountain West, and it's the sixth best conference you're in. Uh, whereas if you're in the Pac-12, you're going to have to beat Oregon and Washington and others with less resources until you someday maybe get a full share down the road. So it's kind of a catch-22 there. But I think uh, it, I think it's all just a shame because, you know, I covered the Pac-12 for a long time. I've been to every football stadium, every basketball stadium, every campus. It was just, to me, the perfect conference. You know, you had the perfect traveling partners, and now USC and USC are are taking their ball and going to the Midwest. It doesn't make any sense. 
you know, you can add San Diego State and SMU, and technically you're still the Pac-12. You have 12 teams, and and you keep that branding, but it's not the Pac-12. To me, the Pac-12 is the Rose Bowl, the Coliseum, Los Angeles, uh, Husky Stadium, Autzen Stadium. Uh, it, it's not SMU. I've been to SMU. It's a very, very tiny, small, private, rich institution. Their basketball arena is not even as nice as Moby Gym. So, uh, you know, it's just all a shame. I wish there was a, a strong Pac-12 and a strong Mountain West, but it, it just seems like there's only going to be one uh, healthy conference west of the Mississippi unless, you know, my prediction, what's going to happen, who knows, but my prediction would be that they add San Diego State, SMU, they put together a deal, whether that's all streaming or half streaming, and it's about what the Big 12 is making or less, and that it's a short-term deal, five years, six years, and halfway through it, Oregon and Washington are going to figure out how to get out of it, and there'll be another round of this in five years. That's my prediction. I could I could see that happen. I never thought, Ryan, when this started back almost 20 years ago with this, I always thought the Pac-12 would survive this. I always thought that it would be like the what was the Big Eight, the Big Twelve. You know, I thought it would kind of be it would crumble at the middle. You know, and whether some of those teams went west or went east or whatever, I thought I always thought the Pac-12 would be would be fine just because of the things you lined out. You got you know you got the LA market, you got Seattle, you know you got you know those. I always thought the Pac-12 maybe would have maybe somewhat of a different look, but I always thought the Pac-12 would come out of this being just fine but it just it just never worked out and it, they just got further and further behind and i guess credit should be had to big 12 or whatever they're going to call themselves because they were maybe more aggressive with a lot of this type of stuff and i don't know i mean yeah the big 12 did add byu cincinnati you know and those i don't know is that you know they're they're losing texas and oklahoma though i mean i don't know but you're right you know or or some other super conference is going to get formed but you know san diego state i you're right. Like for you know, kind of the bell cows now are Washington and Oregon in the in the Pac-12. They're not going to sit by for years and years and years and just take this as far as that goes. They'll fit. They'll find a way. You know, there will be a way that will be found for them to move elsewhere. So, and then then where does that leave the Pac-12? Yeah, you can say you're in the Pac-12, but it's it's Mountain West West, so to speak. It's it's you know what are you? And that's why the that's such a risky proposition for, for those schools doing that right now. And even, you know, Boise has been in that conversation, both for the PAC 12 and even the big 12, you know, do what you want, but you know, grass isn't always greener. It might be immediately the short term because you're getting more money right away. Is that money going to grow over time? And then, you know, other movements happen. So I, I just think it's, it's, there's always a risk. There's always a risk with this stuff, but, uh, We'll see, but I think there's going to be a lot more moving and shaking, and I think in the long run, the Pac-12 is just going to be, unfortunately, Ryan, I think it's it, it's going to be an afterthought in the world of college athletics. Yeah, it's wild to think about how these things go full circle. I remember covering Colorado in, in 2011, and, and Larry Scott becomes the commissioner of the Pac-10, Pac and he has the idea to add six Big 12 schools, including Colorado, including Texas including Oklahoma, all of the best Big 12 schools to make the Pac-16. And he met with those schools, and it was a done deal. And then Texas decided that they had cold feet, and they got out of it. Um, and, you know, 
Texas now is leaving the Big 12 cold. And, you know, the Pac-12 after, uh, you know, after the Big 12 lo- is losing Texas and Oklahoma, they had a chance to to steal Big 12 schools, and they were too good for those schools. I'm talking about Baylor, TCU, et cetera. And now all of a sudden, the Big 12 seems to have the upper hand, and the Pac-12 is maybe wishing they pulled the trigger, you know, either got that deal done in 2011 or or, or thrown the first punch in this round. So, uh, you know, it's interesting because once that Texas deal fell through, you know, guess who? Guess what Larry Scott had to do? Well, we'll just make the Pac-12, and guess who the beneficiary was? Utah. All of a sudden, they needed Colorado to play somebody in the mountain time zone. So, uh, you know, another wild twist in that is Mike Bone was the AD at Colorado, who I covered during that whole transition. He gets Colorado into the Pac-12. Uh, Colorado later fires him because they say he's not fundraising enough. He goes to Cincinnati, builds that program up, hires Luke Fickle to the point where now they're in the Big 12. So USC hires him, and guess what he does there? He takes USC to the Big 10, which is putting Colorado at risk. Kind of a a wild sequence of events there, Robert. All all I care about now that I'm back in Wyoming, covering Wyoming, is that Wyoming, Colorado State, hopefully Air Force – New Mexico, these teams that you've played for decades and decades, especially the border war, hopefully they're in the same conference, no matter what it is. Yeah. Call it what you want. Just stay the, stay in the same conference, preserve some of those things. Cause obviously, you know, in the grand scheme of things, those don't matter to a lot of people, but they matter to people here. And hopefully they can, we can keep preserving those cause they're, they're dying. Those, those, those rivalries are now dying. All right, Robert. Well, we uh we uh we covered just about everything here so uh appreciate you running long with me and we didn't solve all of the college football problems but we gave it a shot <laughs> well all we can do is give it a try ryan i'm sure the next time we do this hopefully it's soon we'll we'll try again and we'll 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 all, we'll, we'll just we'll just keep trying how's that all right thanks my friend we'll talk to you soon appreciate you all right sounds good see you ryan